Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Our guest today is Katherine Hart. By day, Katherine is a construction superintendent for a general contractor. By night, she is the founder of Space to Build, an online community for women in construction. She is also the National Association of Women in Construction Northeast Region PD and E-Chair. This fall, she plans to launch a podcast dedicated to the stories of women in construction. We are really looking forward to hearing about that and about her journey. Welcome, Catherine. Hey, Emily. How are you? Hey, it's great to catch up and chat again. I know we got to meet in person at the NAWIC conference um, right before the pandemic. So it's, it's great to get to talk to you again. I'm really excited. Now, if there's one thing to know about me, it might be that I am really bad at acronyms, as you know, I think. So what is a what is PD&E? It is Professional Development and Education. When I wrote out that bio, I was like, if I type that out, it's just going to be such a wordy bio that I don't mind explaining it later. Yeah. <laughs> I have an app in my phone for figuring out acronyms. That's how bad I am at them. <laughs> Can you send that to me? <laughs> Well, I would love to hear a little bit about your job. You know, what is your job? What do you do on a daily basis? So I work for a general contractor in the DC area as a superintendent. And so that's basically just me overseeing and coordinating subcontractors from the start of a job to the finish and filling in whatever blanks I need to fill. And I tend to wear different hats. Okay. And so what is your background? How did you get involved with construction industry? Tell us Why don't you back us up and tell us the story uh, of how you started out? Okay. So like many women, I really got into HGTV, um, especially as a kid with my mom. So I saw a lot of those projects on the TV, uh, a lot of interior designers, architects who tend to be women on the uh, channel. And for the longest time, I thought that was kind of my only option. And I think that's largely due to the fact that it was really only males that had more of the carpentry and uh, superintendent related roles. So I spent a lot of time learning about architecture, interior design growing up. My parents had two custom homes built. So I got to partake in those meetings when I wasn't in school and got to actually watch the construction on the houses I grew up in. So I always, I grew to really appreciate the construction process and the interactions with the crews and safety and quality of work. Uh, I just had no idea what that really meant until I was in community college and learned that Virginia Tech had a building construction program. And that's that was a huge light bulb moment for me because I'd already learned that architecture is not the right route for me and engineering seemed way too boring but I love the built environment. So construction was literally my perfect fit. When you were a little girl and you were on the job site at your own home's construction projects, did you did it bother you at all that it was mostly men working? No, I don't think I fully processed it. Like a few, like after the second house, house was built, for some really bizarre reason, I got really interested in the idea of seeing more women in construction 
So it was kind of a goal of mine to create some kind of community for women when I got older. But I, again, had no idea what that meant, had no sense of terminology. But looking back on it, I just think it's the wildest thing that I'm literally making my childhood dreams come true. That is so cool. So this is a really long goal that you've had. You've had this for since you were a child. Yeah, I just kind of forgot about it. And then it just kind of flowed back into my thoughts and figured, why not? <laughs> wow. Okay, so you transferred to, so you were in community college and then you transferred to Virginia Tech. Is that what you did? Yes. And then what were your degrees in there? I did a dual degree, one in building construction and one psychology. Oh, okay. And then, so, and you knew, like by, by that point, you knew that you were going for construction. That was your career goal. Yes. Yeah. While I was in community college, I'd reached out to one of the staff members in that program. And she pretty much walked me through every class I needed to take and just helped me make it so that I would be successful when I started at Tech. So when you were doing that, how many women were in the program? Was it just you? Were there a few others? Were there a lot? So my intro class had 100 students and six of us were women. How did that feel? Did you all stick together? What was your experience like? Because I transferred in, I had weird class schedules. So I would take classes that were intro classes. And I also had classes with people who were a couple of years in. So I was a little bit scattered across my curriculum. But based off of my intro class, a couple of girls dropped out by the next year. I think we got maybe one other girl that came in after the fact. But by the time I graduated, I graduated with just, I think, one other girl in my direct program but a few others across all of the construction groups that we had within our school. And what was that like? I mean, were you included in the general population? Did you feel isolated ever? Tell us what the experience was like for you and how, and how you dealt with it. So it was a little awkward. I think overall, the guys were really nice, but because I'd also transferred in, I missed out on those crucial moments of living with classmates and getting through the first couple years together. So I feel like I was kind of automatically an outsider because I transferred. And then just kind of felt awkward asking these guys for help because I felt a little less than if I did that. Because these guys, a lot of them grew up in construction companies because of their parents. They have that background. So I just felt kind of stupid every time I wanted to ask them a question. But I found out that I really wasn't alone and it was through talking with some other people in the program that I realized that there needed to be something done about it. And my sophomore year, one of our teachers wanted us to pitch proposals for sustainable programs that we can implement in our school, whether that was literally sustainable in terms of uh, environmentally friendly activities or just something that would be long lasting even after we graduated. So I pitched what we called Building Women in Construction. So it's a student-run organization for the women in our building construction program, as well as our construction engineering management program. And we also welcome in architects. So that's pretty much how I handled that one. <laughs> I realized I've become really good at creating the groups that I want to see. Right. You started an organization. I'd say that's a really good way. To yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, most of the girls, they actually latched onto the group with me. So we fleshed it all out and created this whole big proposal by the end of the semester as part of our class project. And I'm super excited to say that girls are still running it and they're doing amazing things and they're growing each semester. 
and I'm super, super excited to see the continuing work that they're doing. So satisfying. So how did you get end up getting your first job right after college? So I absolutely love Virginia Tech's building construction program. Our staff are just so phenomenal at what they do. They actually set up career fairs for us, one in the fall and one in the spring. And they're are a ton of information sessions throughout the semester. So you pretty much cannot leave this program without a job. So I would uh, be really careful about how I approach all my career fairs. And when I was going into my senior year, we were able to submit our resumes before the career fair so that companies could reach out to us after they reviewed it. So the company I went to right after school saw my resume and wanted me to stop by the booth. So I did that and the rest is history. So that's how you got your first job. Is that still the job that you're in now? No, I've since then left companies. I left over two years ago. So when I was at that first company, I was a project engineer. I had originally started off in the field for the first month, but ultimately your project fell through. So I got put back into the office and I did that for the longest time until I was just beyond burnt out. We were doing office work for the construction company? Yes. So the operation side. So we handled drawings, RFIs, meeting minutes, and just all the managerial side that uh, people in the field don't do. Tell us about any challenges you've faced as you've been working in, in your jobs as in the construction industry. Any challenges as far as gender or just in general and how you've handled them? So I think the, there's a couple of things that do come up pretty regularly, especially in the field, since there aren't very many women in my role. So one of the things that I deal with is inevitably on every job, I get at least one person that'll hit on me. And it's super, super awkward. And I've learned that that completely changes how I approach most people. And that is really unfortunate because I am typically just really nice and open and inviting. And I can't do that all the time because I've learned that if there's somebody my age, I have to put up a huge wall. I've learned that just asking somebody their name makes people think that they have the permission to step over boundaries. So I have to work very hard on being professional and making it clear that this is only professional. I have to watch when I am kind, which is really counterproductive and kind of strange because I try to keep my job sites pretty easygoing. I think it's incredibly important for people to show up happy and to enjoy what they do every day. So it's kind of the atmosphere I try to make, but some people go and kind of mess it up for other people. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little frustrating. The other thing that I pretty consistently face is when um, new people come in to my job sites and they weren't told in advance who I was or who the superintendent was. So they will look for the closest adult or <laughs> adult, they're all adults, the closest white male. And it's super awkward because they're kind of like, you're looking at the wrong person <laughs> and they point at me. I know this. Yeah, this is a pretty pervasive issue, I think, too. And it's it's interesting to me that you brought up, you know, that you're you have to ch actually change your personality at work because just acting like a normal, nice person can have ramifications and it's not at any fault of yours, but you kind of have to, in order to get by on the job and prevent people from overstepping their boundaries, you know, you take this defense mechanism of being a little less maybe like friendly than you normally would be. And I think it's something that a lot of women face 
And I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, on this, on this podcast, we've spoken to many women in non-traditional fields and no one's really broached that topic of getting hit on. And I think it's something that happens to all women. And um, it is, it's super awkward. No one likes it. And it, it causes problems on the job site. So I think it's a discussion that should be out in the open. So thank you. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny because I've also, I've explained to people my situations and they've gotten mad at me because they're like, oh, well, I would have been more vocal. I would have done this. I would have done that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought until it happened. You know, and then I realized these guys, like, they think they can apply what they do in their personal lives, their professional lives, because they don't have the experience to know that that's not okay. You know, let's just, they see a woman, that's what they're used to doing. So it's just a matter of quote unquote training them, making sure that they understand that I'm here to do my job and they better be here to do their job too. And sometimes the guys, they'll eventually pick it up or they get kind of sulky and they're like, well, why are you so nice to so-and-so? And I'm like, well, cause I can be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just focus on your job. I can treat somebody else differently because they're treating me professionally so that I can, I can be professional and kind to them back. I don't have to put up that wall. Speaking of, you know, people who have, maybe given you a hard time on the job site, who have been your biggest cheerleaders? Um, who, who have been the most supportive people for you? I would say I still have pretty good relationships with people at Virginia Tech. The professors and the staff members have always been super supportive since day one. Like I can still reach out to them if I have a question and they're there to help me. Currently, the one I, the person that is my probably one of my biggest cheerleaders right now that I constantly interact with is honestly my boss. I have never had a boss as awesome as he is. That's wonderful. It's good to hear. Okay. So I want to hear about your side project. I guess it's a side project. I I know you're planning on growing it and making it bigger, but tell us about Space to Build. What is it? So like you mentioned earlier, Space to Build is an online community for women in construction. It was something I had originally thought about when I left tech and I wanted to continue to grow a different community than what I'd already started. Um, and something that I could be the one to oversee and let building women in construction be their own separate entity. So that took a while to fully understood what that was going to really look like. And I wanted to also make sure I was in the right headspace and had enough experience behind me to continue moving forward. So ultimately, I kind of see it as a way to create resources for other women, uh, help them figure out how to leave college and create a good foundation. And to be somebody that they could go to when they have the awkward questions that they can't ask somebody in their company or they don't really have a mentor. And I've also found that there's a lot of people that wish they had more community to go to. And with COVID right now, that makes it even harder. So now that that's been in place for a few months and there's really no end in sight, the more young women that I speak to, the more I realize how much they miss that camaraderie. So that makes what I'm doing, I feel like even more important to do. So after hearing what they've said, I want to actually create a Facebook group and I want to hold events so that these girls can actually interact with one another across the country, across the world and start to build their own network. So I wanted to create an opportunity for these women to grow their careers as well as their personal lives so they have a little more sanity because it gets really hectic being in construction regardless of your gender and sometimes you really need a good sounding board if you have a question or you just really need to rant at the end of the day just so that you feel more even again. Well tell us a little bit about 
your plans for the podcast? So the podcast was actually something I never thought I would do. I'm a huge introvert and I absolutely hate recording my voice. So things like this are not really in my comfort zone, but I've been working really hard. This is like pure torture. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Like I did a project in middle school where I had to do like a voiceover and I legitimately hid under my desk during the whole experience (laughs) in class. You sound normal to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I think it's because I've done a few recordings that I'm starting to get a better feel for just for that. So I've done a few recordings this past summer and I plan on launching it in the fall. And the guests have uh, ranged from architects to bricklayers to women who are still in school and women who are a couple decades out of school. So I so far I've got a pretty good breadth of women to introduce to the community. Oh, that's wonderful. What are your goals, your ultimate goals for that organization? The ultimate goal really is to give women the space to grow, share their stories, feel heard. I want to go in different directions, but I think I'm going to let that one play out organically. I am so excited about the podcast and that was something that was never really on the docket to begin with. So I think I want to see where things just form over time. Yeah, that makes sense. I know I've heard you chat before online, I think in the Hazard Girls group about the importance of getting girls interested in construction at a young age. And I was just wondering, have you been involved with any programs like that? Or what are your thoughts on that? So I honestly haven't done a whole lot in school. We did one event where we interacted with younger kids, and that was a lot of fun. I really honestly missed that. And then with NAWIC, we do a couple events, and so I helped out on some marketing for it. My schedule is just so crazy that I don't always have the time for it. But low-key, I kind of want to do something that with little kids with space to build. But right now, my main focus is on growing the platform for the women who are currently in the industry or about to enter the industry. And then once I get a stable ground for that, then one of the things I thought about is looking at how to do more outreach with elementary school students. And I have a few connections that I'm working with to see kind of what happens over time. So yes, I think it's incredibly important to get girls interested at a younger age so they weren't like me where they weren't sure what they wanted to do for the longest time and didn't have the language or the understanding that girls are able to go into construction, that they can have really cool opportunities that most people don't know about. Because there's a lot of myths that are within, that are from working in the construction industry that outsiders seem to believe I'm just curious. I know you mentioned that one of your big influences growing up was HGTV, and I used to watch that too. And how when you were watching HGTV, it was a lot of men doing the construction and how that may have made an impression on you. Do you still watch any of like more recent, more modern shows about construction and building? Is there anything on now that you're watching? I don't really actively watch it, but I have realized that more and more women are stepping on into more hands-on roles. Usually it's carpentry, and I think there might be a couple who are builders. And you see even just on social media alone that there's a lot of women who run their own construction firms. Oh, yeah. There are so many. It's wonderful to see. Yeah, and I think the media does play a role in that, and that's an interest of mine. And I was just wondering if you had noticed any increase in women in those shows. And I I hope, you know, I hope that it is growing. 
So you talked about NAWIC and you're the chair of the PD&E. So what, can you tell me a little bit more about um, your involvement with them and you know what that means? So NAWIC is the National Association of Women in Construction. It's actually an international organization dedicated to progressing women who are already in the industry. And that can range from financial advice to training in very construction specific tasks. So it's so we, to me, it just is a huge network of women that have become resources to me and mentors. They're good sounding board. They're ways to just grow in your industry. People reach out to one another when they need job opportunities. So that's one aspect of NAWIC. What I have done in the past is I've served as a marketing chair for the DC chapter. And I actually just rolled into the profession development education chair on a regional level. So for the next year or two, I will be responsible for introducing new concepts or training sessions for the women across the region. Okay, Catherine, how can people get in touch with you um, about Space to Build and find out more about the organization and how they can get involved in the community? So you can get on to the website. It's spacetobuild.co. So it's calm without the M. Or you can find me on Instagram at space to build, all one word. I am on Instagram way too much. That's honestly the quickest way to reach out to me. Uh, if you have any questions, just send me a direct message. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you so much. I've been following along with Space to Build, and I'm excited to see where your journey takes us. So, and for our listeners, if you want to learn more about Catherine Hart or Space to Build, please check out her website at spacetobuild.co or check out her Instagram at space to build. Thanks so much, Catherine. Thank you, Emily. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.